Say it's good to be here tonight. Good to see each one to come out. Glad you're here. And everyone just mind the Lord. This time, anyone have a prayer request, testimony, anything on your heart before we pray? Remember what you want. Some more else. I remember my mother and I have a special request I remember as well. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. She had asked me a while back if she could have the address to our church. She wanted to come, and she said, I told my husband, I talked to her today, and she said, I told my husband, I wish I could just find somebody in the faith that I could talk to. And God laid it on my heart to just write her a letter and invite her to church and give her the address and tell her she's welcome and come, she wants to come. And as she's leaving, I said, Veronica, I've got something for you. And she left, and in my heart, I really believe that she will come because she has stirred in my heart for weeks now. So when you pray, just lift up Veronica's name. And she has a nine-year-old daughter and a husband. I don't care if they're Mexican. I don't care what they are. I want them to know the Lord. And if they, if they don't, and if they do come and worship, it'll be all right. Remember the Birchfield family. There's backsliding and there's lost. Even atheists. I, that, that is just so hard to believe the way that we were raised. You would think that the way we were raised specifically because Dad was a preacher, you'd think there wouldn't be one in our family. But there's more than one, and it just just shocks me. And even the people on the bus and the people at school, just day-to-day -day people, you'd just be shocked at who really don't believe. But I thank God that I'm saved and that I'm one of them that believes. I know. I don't just believe. I know because I feel him, and I thank God I'm saved.
I told him, I said, if you know as much about God as you do football, you'd be all right. Caden got took her brain and got, got her to question kids about the Bible questions and stuff. She asked them who their favorite Bible character, or not character, I guess, person in the Bible is. And uh, they told him, I got to think about it myself. I guess the two that always stood out to me was Elijah and Elisha. And Elisha most, because he had a desire to get everything he could. Mm -hmm. Every single thing that he could. He wanted all he could get of it. I thought, you know, that's how I want to speak. Yeah. I failed. I got, yeah, I, got, I got to do something. I just got honestly believe But we're falling apart. I mean, spiritually, myself, sometimes I feel like I'm just falling apart. Somebody told me last week, I believe I said up there, I believe that Lone Mountain is stronger than it's ever been before. I thought, my goodness, I don't know how, but I sure ain't doing my part. You ever feel like that? I'm sure you know exactly what we're talking about. Sometimes we need to step it up. Yeah. Do a little bit more, you know. We, we got a lot we need to grow with. Amen. So I'm content. Good for you, yes, but I'm not. I want to close the door. I want to figure out what it is that I'm missing. It ain't salvation. That's the thing about it. We, we can... There ain't no sense getting too low about it because I got what matters yeah, most, but I just got to figure out what my problem is. Amen. I'm glad I'm safe. Amen. I want to be like Elijah. I want to get all of it I can get. I don't know. You read about Elijah. I don't know what in the world does. Man, you about think he was crazy. The crazy to think that he could get a double portion of what Elijah had. But as powerful and everything that Elijah was in the Spirit of God, but he, but he didn't have no doubts. He thought he knew he could. He knows the Lord could do it for him. That's the way I want. I want all I can give to him. Right. I want to quit waiting him down. Amen. I mean, I, there's ways. I mean, we look and I can look at y'all and find your problems all day long. That's a whole lot easier than figuring out what's wrong with yourself. Amen. It's awful crazy as that sounds, but I, I want to get closer to him this evening. I love him. He does. He loves me. Why? Well, I, I don't know. So I, I want to try to do my part. Some more news.
not always been right with John. Well, I trust so much better when I am dead. Uh, I was talking to a man a couple years ago before we went to Lakeview. Dusty was about to get ordained, and he said, well, how'd you get into this mess? And I said, I prayed that the Lord would help us grow. Yeah. <laughs> this is what he did. And he goes, well, what do you want to grow for? And I thought, my goodness, are you okay with where yeah. Why would you not want to grow? I want to know more about him every time yeah. I read. I learn something new. Every time I pray, I feel something better. Right. When, when you get closer, you can keep getting closer. There's nothing that compares. I love my relationship with my husband. I have great family here, and I have great friends, and nothing compares to my relationship. He's been far better to me than I could have ever dreamed. And I think it all started with the 12-year-old little girl that just was broken. Did no, nothing did that. Nothing did have a hope in the world, but he cared enough to come by my way. And he loved me, and he's never going to. I'm glad I'm saved above all things. Thank you. Come on in. About 15, 20 years ago. Uh, I would talk to people
Bless him, Lord. Bless him. And it took me this long to realize what he's trying to do. Bless him. He's over at the hospital. They told Haley about the epidural. They said, it's not going to take it all away. It's going to help you. Sometimes we're still going to feel a little bit of pain. But if we just listen to what God has for us, it's going to help us. He put on my heart about the three Hebrew children, about the annual lives, then about how they didn't just get to go around it. They didn't have But he's seen them right through it. We may be praying for one thing, but God's going to bless us with something else. Well, the way we look at it, God's going to answer our prayer. Right, it might not be what we ask for, but it's going to be what we need. Sometimes we, we pray for rain, and sometimes God just gives us sunshine because He knows exactly what we need. I'm thankful that I've got a friend, and I've got one I can call that knows exactly what I need. People don't know my problems. People don't know anything, but tonight my heart is just overflowing.
about 10 minutes ago, I said, oh man, it's off now. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, but the Lord knows what we need tonight. He knows if preaching's needed or if it's not. Uh, I was thinking uh, about Brother Dusty, Sister Randy, what they said. And I was thinking about that character comment. And I, I thought, uh, I still like the word character because that means they have some. That means there's something about them. I, I know uh, uh, my mother would describe Freddie as he's a character, and, and, and it's it's not a bad thing. It, it's a good thing. It means it means when you've been around them, you'll know you've been around somebody. You know, they make a difference in your life. And uh, just thinking, if, if football got this started, I believe I'd turn on, turn on ESPN every Sunday morning. Uh, so you guys get ready for church. Uh, I appreciate the Lord everything He said and sent this way this evening. Uh, most of all tonight, if you're here and you don't know the Lord, uh, it'd be a great night to get saved. It would. It'd be a wonderful night to get saved. And you say, well, what's so special about tonight? Well, it's tonight. That's the best thing about it, to get saved tonight. You got your Bible, if you want to read with us, we've got a couple, just a couple of spots, real familiar scripture. 1 Samuel uh, chapter 18, one of my favorite stories in the Word of God. I, uh, read this in your hearing this evening, and I may read a couple more spots real quick uh, if the Lord sees fit tonight. If you're glad you're saved, would you say amen? First Samuel chapter 18, I'm going to start with verse number 1. The Bible reads, And it came to pass, when he uh, made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him on that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on, upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. Now I want to jump over real quick and uh, read another verse to you out of Matthew. And you ain't got to worry about turning there. We'll only take a, a, a moment. Matthew 22, 36. Uh, listen, it's a real familiar story. He, uh, it says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Listen. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You can be seated uh, this evening. Now, uh, I, I'm not done reading, but I just that's what I feel like doing this evening. Go ahead and letting you sit down. Cause I, want, I want you to get this tonight. Uh, I, I've read this hundreds of times, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, the Lord stirred my heart about this message, I don't know, a few weeks back or something. Uh, and when Freddie asked us about coming tonight, I, I got home, began to pray. I had three messages, and I said, Lord, I don't know which one. I, and he said, man, that's good to have three. I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather have one. That way I know which way to go. But uh, as we was praying this evening, uh, God uh, brought this scripture to our, uh, to our minds. And I, and I thought, my goodness, Lord, I, it's hard for me to grasp that I didn't realize this before. But. Listen what Romans 13, in some reason my glasses, I, I get stirred up, my glasses don't seem to work. It says, For this thou shalt not commit adultery, 
Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, listen, if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Man, love. Now, I don't know about you guys, but we make a big deal out of uh, uh, thieves, out of murderers, out of adulterers. But the Lord seems to be uh, kind of uh, focusing on something else. Uh, and listen to this one more scripture and we'll try to get on. It says, for all the law is fulfilled. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Amen. So, uh, and listen, uh, and you can you can bicker, you can whine, you can uh, cry and go on about, well, what does it really mean by neighbor? It's just us. Uh, listen, I don't think I want to start that conversation with the Lord. Uh, and I believe deep in our hearts we know uh, who he's talking about. Uh, I, I remember when I first started preaching, uh, and the Bible's got some comments about uh, women with long, uh, having long hair and men not having long hair. And it's pretty simple. And I never forget the comment Freddie made about 20, uh, probably 26, 27 years ago. He said, I, I, I don't need to tell you when your hair is long and when it ain't. And he made this statement. He said, you know when to cut your grass. Uh, so listen, don't say, well, who is really he talking about? Who's my neighbor? Who do I need to worry about loving and respecting? I love what uh, the sister said about uh, the lady, the family she works with, the uh, uh, Mexican or Hispanic family. Uh, most everybody in here, as far as I can see, is probably what we call Caucasian or we're white folks. I guess you would say, hey, listen, if it hinders you, if it bothers you to worship, my brother Dusty, with anybody of any other race, any other color, any other language, you need to get right with the Lord. It's pretty simple to us this evening. I believe God ain't chose any of us to be higher or any of us to be truth about it. We are dogs according to the word of God. And I myself, I know that I was less than a dog. Uh, I wasn't worth the crumbs. I wasn't worth any of it. Uh, but you know what the good news is? While I was yet a sinner, while I was yet as ugly and as sorry as anybody could be, the world may not have seen it. Hey, even my parents may not have seen all of it. But he seen that while I was yet a sinner. He died for me. That's good news. So I couldn't help but think as I read this, he he made a special preference to let us know to love your neighbor as you love yourself. I told anybody that asked me or brought up or I talked about about uh, we uh, we laid our cousin's son in a grave today and 24 year old and uh, most I'm sure everybody's probably heard of that uh, but I, I didn't really know Tyler very much I, you know talked to him a couple times he's a little kid besides that I probably hadn't seen him in several years now uh, but I 
I told my wife, I said, and I told Timmy and Donna and anybody I spoke to, I said, I, I realized this much. I said, I, I never met his wife till today. I said, but when they put the picture up on Facebook, you, anybody seen this picture of him looking down? I mean, he was a big old fella, him looking down at little old her. I said, I can look at that picture and instantly say, man, he sure does love that little girl. I can see that. You know what, church? The world ought to be able to realize when we look at them and when we speak to them and we commune with them and talk with them and or fellowship or whatever, they should be able to say, man, they sure do love me. Why do they love me like they do? You want to know why? Because he loves us first. Yeah, okay, okay, preacher, I got that. That's pretty simple. Everybody knows this. It's been preached uh, for thousands of years, I agree. But we still, still seem to struggle. I noticed this, and I, and, I, and, and, and if the Lord had asked me, and I, I'd have told the Lord it wasn't needed here tonight. And the Lord didn't ask me, so because when I came in, everybody, I thought, man, everybody's happy. Everybody's excited to be here. And then come time for choir. And everybody, and then Freddie had to realize it wasn't time for choir. We still had five more minutes, but you folks couldn't wait to get up and sing about, I thought, my goodness. And then altar prayer came. And I thought, man, I'm glad I didn't want to get next to the altar. I could not if I wanted to. How good it is, but God still said they need to hear thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. So let's look at what that means. Bible says that Jonathan loved David, and this is the only scripture that I could find where it actually, I felt like it actually, it actually loved his neighbor as he loved himself. It says Jonathan's soul was knit. And I'll give somebody my idea, and if you make millions, just give me a little is all I ask. You remember the WWJD bracelets? What would Jesus do? You remember them? I told my wife, I said, I'm going to do one of them things. That guy got filthy rich. I'm coming up with four initials, four little letters. And he's, he, he made a lot of money now. I don't know if that was his purpose. I don't, I don't even know who it is. I ain't got a clue. I, but I thought about this scripture where it says that the soul of David was knit. Or Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And I thought about, you know what came into my mind? I start a marriage thing, like a, a council program, whatever, and call it your soulmate. Not S-O-U-L, but S-E-W. You know why? Because husbands and wives ought to be knit together. The Bible said that you would come as one. It shouldn't be, oh, we're getting divorced because we don't agree no more. What in the world does that have to do with marriage? How have you been made one flesh? In church, we are the bride of Christ. That means we are one. This is what it said about Jonathan stripped himself of the robe. Yeah. yeah. Do you realize that's a big deal? You know what Jonathan was? He was a son of a king. You know what that meant? He was next. 
he was king too, or king of the second, or whatever. I don't know what they call it. I, I never met a king on this side of glory. But he was in line. He was the next feller up. You know what it reminded me of? You remember the story we read about Israel or Jacob, about his son, and it was his favorite son, I believe. But Joseph, how he was sold into slavery down in Egypt, but God intervened, and God blessed, as the brother was talking about. You might say, God, take the pain away. And God said, no, we're going over the mountain, but you're going to enjoy the ride. I guarantee you the three Hebrew children didn't worry about being burned by fire after that experience. I guarantee you David didn't worry about lions no more after that. Hey, God, not only will bring you through, praise God, he'll bring you through victorious this evening. And Joseph was sold off, and he gets down there. And I know these brothers think we got rid of that sorry uh, goody two shoes. But God intervened. God had it planned anyway. He gets down there, and God allows Pharaoh to see that he has God's favor. You know what Pharaoh does? He puts a robe on him and gives him a ring. You know what that does? That means he's in charge. He's just like Pharaoh. You remember when the prodigal son who wallowed with the homes got back home? What the daddy say? What the fact? Bring a robe for my son who was lost. Now it's church. Have that robe. Me and that David now. What's the next in line? Would you give up your position? Kirk, would you give up your position? Would we be, Dwayne, would we give up our position for someone else? Yeah, for your kids. I get it. It's your kids. Even though there's times you want to strangle them, they're still your kids. Maybe for your, maybe your wife would say, I, for him, I, she may want to, Dusty, she may want to bash your brain then, but you're still her husband. She just told us that she loves you, and she loves her family, so probably. But I'm not talking about these folks. I'm talking about the ones you don't know. And the ones when you see on the side of the road, like the, the man that went down to Jericho, you cross to the other side. Because they may have something that you don't want to catch. Would you give them your, your spot? He said to love your neighbor as yourself. Jonathan knew I'm, I'm forsaking myself. I'm giving it up. Here you go. I thought, wow. Church, that takes a lot. But listen, he didn't stop there. And I'm going to try to preach this as quick as I can. But it says, and his garments. I thought, now, man, you don't give them your spot. Why in the world would you give up anything else? And, I, and, I, and there's a couple of these things I struggled with. I had to pray about. But when I looked at that garment, I thought, the garments, that's kind of the basics. That's kind of the uh, uh, basic, I guess, is regular or whatever. It's a, uh, but I thought that the, the garments have served a purpose. And the Lord brought this scripture to my mind. He that knew no sin, he laid aside his royalty. He laid aside everything that he is. And he, he that knew no sin became sin for my goodness. 
He realized that if Jesus hadn't been willing to take on our sin, your sin, my sin, that none of us, none of us would be able to make it to heaven. You realize that? Listen, but but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. You remember when they were eating what we call the Lord's Supper? And Jesus said, This would be the last time that I eat break bread with you boys until we until we break it new. Yeah. Yeah. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. I never even thought about that. There's been times that my wife has told me, say, hey, we're having uh, my faith in this is going to sound silly. It's not steak, it's not lobster. My favorite food is sloppy jokes. That's my Yeah, I don't know why, but me and I, I feel like what Popeye eats on Popeye the sailor, it looks like sloppy joes and it always looks good. But my wife said, hey, I got you something special and I find that where I'm looking forward to that next meal so much. It's something simple. Can you imagine what them boys are looking forward when the Lord said, boys, I won't yeah. eat again until I eat new with you. Yeah. I'd say they're looking forward to that. Hey, but listen to this. And took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion of the man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Yes. I heard a preacher tell a story one time about God stirring his heart on the way to work one morning. He passed a, a guy hitchhiking or, uh, or walking on the highway, I don't remember. But nonetheless, he was led to stop. Now listen, yeah. I am not, I'm not encouraging nobody to stop and pick up people on the road. Yeah. It's probably the dumbest thing you can do. I'll say that. But God stirred his heart. Now if God tells you to do something, who am I? God stirred his heart and he said, I stopped and picked up that man that morning and said, I talked to him, I found out he hadn't eaten. This gentleman, just knowing his situation at the time, he didn't have no money. And he said, I had two egg sandwiches. I made for work, and I don't know, one for breakfast, one for lunch, and whatever the reason he had to. He said, God stirred my heart about giving him my egg sandwich. He said, that's what I done. And it, that may say, well, preacher, that's silly. It ain't silly when you're hungry. You know, when we read the story about the widow woman, I believe it was widow woman, casting in the two mites. He says two pennies. You couldn't have done nothing with two pennies anyway. Back in 1998, probably 7-8, I got to look at it. You know what two mites was equivalent to? Back in 97, 98, it was equivalent to $37. Now, that's probably equivalent to 37 in the 90s, equivalent to $100 now. It's ridiculous. But you're down to your last $100. It's all you've got to feed your family. And what happens? A man of God walks in. You remember? Now listen, I, I know I'm taking in two stories, but listen where it's going. A man of God walks in and he says, make me a cake. And she said, sir, I just got enough meal. I was going to make me in the little cake and we were going to die. I mean, that's it. He said, very well, make me a cake first. <laughs> hey, when you obey God, it is amazing how far that little barrel of meal can go. They ate the entire time that they had no other, everybody else was starving to death. And, the, and this little woman, her son's getting fatter by the day. Hey, God 
thousand feed four to five thousand and have leftovers tonight. We are to serve how we like to be served. Bless you, Lord. You know what they say, and if this is you, you, I hope you come pray before you leave this service tonight. They say, this is what uh, waiters, waiters and waitresses say, that Christians, Christian folk, church folk, are the worst customers. So entitled, so ungrateful, the worst tippers. Now, I ain't telling you to get yourself in trouble with money or nothing. Man, if God's blessed you, bless somebody else. We need some churches. That, you know what a prosperity gospel is? You know what that is? And people that say, if you give God $5, he'll give you $5 million. You see them, they're on TV. They ride these big jets and stuff. Your $5 is not going to God. It's going to that man. That's what's happening. Won't we reverse that and become the uh, preaching of serving gospel? Not we're getting $5 to me. Let me get $5 to you. How about that? How about church? We be the ones that's giving. You know what I love about the church I belong to right now? We don't take up offerings. We don't. Preacher, how do people give because they want to give? That shouldn't just be money, preacher. Preacher, I don't know how much to give. If you don't, I don't. But God does. Let him worry about how much you need to give. Have you ever served your brother? Now, we're not, I don't guess you guys are changing. You don't wash feet, do you? You wash your own feet, I hope. <laughs> but I hear people say, I don't, you know, I, I just, I don't believe it. But if, but if I'm at church like that, it wouldn't bother me to wash your feet. And they'll usually say that to their buddy. Yeah. What about the man off the street that don't have shoes? You're willing to wash this feet? Are we willing to serve? Are we really willing to serve one another? Say, you hear old Mark and Thena struggling. They need a little help. But you know, Thena likes to talk, and you don't have an hour. What do you do? <laughs> what do you do? You go by anyway. Because that's when you give up some yeah, of your time. Give up your time. Give up of your. Oh, man. Yeah. Ain't it funny how precious our time gets when we get to church? Yeah. They don't know. I got to get up at. Now, seriously, I get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I ain't going to tell you. I ain't going to lie to you. I worry on Wednesday nights. I said, man, if this thing goes on to 10 o'clock. Oh. Yeah. My goodness, the best episode of Matlock is on. It don't seem to bother you. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. Hey church, this is God's time. Yeah. You remember the song we sang? Well, I don't think we sang it, but we used to sing when he was on the cross. I was on his mind. Friends, I've got time for the Church, we got time for the Lord. I believe you love the Lord. There's no doubt in that. My goodness, I would have said, man, this church is in the middle of a revival and Dusty's over here saying there's something wrong with me. I'm not close enough. 
I said, oh, Lord, I came to the right spot tonight. Church, we all should have that desire. It's not, no, I get stirred up, preacher, come Easter. Hey, he's still Jesus on September. Watch that. September 27th, 8th or 9th, he's still Jesus. Then it said he'd give him a sword. Now listen, I want you to hear this. And, I, and I've told the Lord, said, God, I'm not sure I understand. It said, and Jotham stripped himself of his robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garment. Then it says, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. Now, if I'm reading that incorrectly, take it up to the Lord. But it says, and to his sword. I take it, he said, here. What is that sword? That's his, that's his defense. That's what, that's what it was for Jonathan. That's how he defended himself. You know what we're so scared to do? Preacher, I wouldn't go up and pray, but so-and-so may see. Hey, in the house of the Lord, we all ought to let our guard down. Let your hair down, whatever you want to call it. Hey, we should not be on defense in here. We're here to worship. I'm so worried about looking good and looking cool. I seen a video the other day, and I got hooked on watching them. I didn't know they even had them. But the videos from 1900, 1901, 1902, 1920, all these folks out in New York City, London, Philadelphia, all these big cities, maybe Nashville, I don't remember. But you know what I noticed? All the women full... Big old beautiful dresses all the way down, all the men. Cap, suit jacket, long sleeve shirt, vest, trousers, breeches, pants, and boots. And they looked happy as they could be. And I thought, you know what amazes me? We're only modest with the Lord. Look at what we wear. Look at what our children wear. Look at what our, uh, our mamas and dads. Look at what our grandmothers are wearing. Hey, listen. It's between you and the Lord what you wear. Terry don't care if you're in. If the women are here in britches, it ain't none of my business, Freddie. That's between them and Jesus. Now, if Long Mountain's got a statute or something, that may be another issue between you and Long Mountain men. But you know what amazes me? No modesty whatsoever until we come in here. I just, I just shared this a minute ago. When you first met the Lord, you were at your worst. And he still, he still chose you, Dusty. He still picked you now. You were a little younger than me when you got, but I was 17. I had the filthiest mouth that you could find. I had the habits that were ungodly and rotten. Freddie, I was not worth saving according to this world. We're scared to raise our hands. We need to have some order in church. 
that he's one order. It's follow the Spirit. We follow the leader as kids, and we can't do it as uh, grown Christians. The Bible says where the Spirit is, there is liberty. My goodness, church. I need help. Let me read this. Listen, you want to let down that defense mechanism you got up? Preacher, I don't know what to do. Listen to what the Word of God says. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Now, somebody, you won't tell me. If you do, that's fine. That ain't going to bother But somebody go home and say, Preacher, he went, that, that went of the Lord tonight. I've heard preachers get up, Freddie and I mean, with a broken heart, pouring their hearts out to God, and make statements about the Bible that were not true. And it's just because they were young and ignorant and hadn't read that far. One preacher literally hadn't read the last chapter of Jonah in his life, or the last two, and he didn't realize that the people in Nineveh repented. Repent. And, 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 I, and he done a marvelous job preaching. I could have, when he got done, said, man, if you don't know it, don't preach it. Uh-huh. Y'all, ain't none of us would preach, Mark. I seen Larry today, Freddie. I remember I was 18 year old and God called me to preach here. Yeah. And he thought about that. Five minutes after midnight, January 1st, 1996, God come in and I worked with him and Larry. You weren't preaching yet. I didn't know what to do. And I remember Tim Ambrose, God, when he announced his call to preach, uh, he walked outside with some preacher, and I don't remember who. He came back in, hit the altar, and got up and told everybody God called him to preach. So I grabbed Larry and said, let's go outside. I was going to see what it was. But I was so young and then you're And every day sitting with you, sitting with Larry, and then uh, getting to be with Joey Cagley at my home church. And they were just, uh, man, I felt like a mop. And they were just pouring it on. And I was sucking it. And everything I got was brand new, brand new. I never read the woman at the well. Now it's my favorite story probably in, in the whole Bible. I never read about her. Yeah. I honestly didn't know that Elijah and Elijah were two different people. I thought some people just couldn't pronounce it very well. Yeah. 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 Bless you, Bless you, Lord. But I had to let my defense down. I was an ignorant 18-year-old boy. Now I'm an ignorant 46-year-old man. I still got to let my Yeah, I may have heard it before, but I forget. Brandy taught me something tonight. I believe it's Brandy. Her Dusty One said that if I wasn't moving forward, I was backslidden. Yeah. Oh Lord, I spend more of my life backslidden than I do. Then he said he'd give him his bow. Well, preacher, that's still a weapon. A sword was to protect himself. A bow was to go get something. 
It was together. Or to attack. Listen to what the Bible says. That the word of God is sharper than any two-edged Piercing the body and soul asunder. Said that wrong. But piercing the body and the body and the spirit. It's able to get in there, Dusty. It's able to do the most damage and the most good. But listen, the word of God also says that we wrestle not with flesh and blood. You hear me? Your battle's not with your neighbor. That's right. No, you don't know my neighbor. He's an atheist. <laughs> There's not really many of those. I'm just being right. It's down to death door to see who is Amen. I worked around some. Let them smash their finger. Who do they blame? <laughs> but nonetheless, it's different than an atheist because they need the Lord. I like numbers a lot. They say, and I'm, I'm, I just got one more, I'm, I promise I'm hurrying. They said that for people that grow up in church, raised in church, probably a lot of you, like you're raising your children, which is the best thing in the world you can do for that child. People raised in church that if they don't get saved by the age of 17, now this statistic is special to me. If they don't get saved by the age of 17, people raised in church, if they're not saved by 17, 90% will never get saved. 90%. You know, you know why that's special to me? I was 17. Who got saved? I knew I was a part of the, of the few, I'm part of that 10% that did get saved. That's a big deal, Dusty. That's a big number. I know that the Bible says that there's a, a wide and a broad gate that leads to destruction, that leads to hell, and a narrow gate uh, that leads to uh, everlasting life. And few, it says, few will there be that find it. What is few? I don't know because John said I seen a number. Thank God, he said I seen. I'm glad that the uh, what the Jehovah's Witness think ain't a bit true. 144,000, we'd be wasting our time. Yes. They already hit that number alone. <coughs> Preacher, do you really, truly believe that you're saved and going to heaven? God shared this with me a while back. And I truly believe this, Fred. I believe this. If I die and go to hell, God would have to be alive. If God was to tell a lie, you realize that everything we know would be imposed in a millisecond. Do you realize that's what's holding all this? You don't think God, you think God took his hand and sit there and, and molded some stars and made them pointy and through them? The Bible says that God spoke and said, let there be a light. 
<laughs> Nervous a lot. His word is. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. His word is. It is. That's why uh, Moses said, Who did I say? Tell them that I am that I am. And the last thing it said, and it's girdle. I struggled with this. I ain't gonna lie, I struggled. Because I looked up, people got different names for girdles. I remember my mom talking about girdles. That's what I thought. And that, and it's not just for women, they sell man girdles now to hold their, hold their bellies in. But just reading and looking, that girdle is a simple part of the outfit, of the uniform, of whatever. It is a central part of what they wear. I hope you like this. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am? That I, the Son of Man, am. And they said, Some say they are John the Baptist, some Elias, others uh, Jeremiah, and one of the, or, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? That's the important question. Listen. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's not talking about Peter. He's not the rock. What's the rock? What did Peter say? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. How do you love your neighbor? Do you know Jesus? Did you know he's the Christ? Did you know he's the Son of God? What better way to love your neighbor? I've heard the story. I'm coming to a close. I've heard the story they talk about, and I guess it's a made-up story. I really don't have a clue. Uh, but they talk about the man standing out and waving his arms, waving his arms in the middle of the road, and people are slamming on their brakes. And they say, what's wrong with you, you crazy nut? Get out of the road. And he's trying to tell them something. They won't listen, and they finally just run around. Half a mile down the road a year. As they drive off the bridge. Man, we're trying to save their life. If you knew the bridge was out, would you not? Would you not get in the middle of the road and say, hey, wait. Why in the world do we not love our neighbors anymore? It's like, wait, you want to go to church? I had a man tell me years ago, get ready to get a song. Is that all right, Freddie? Had a man tell me years ago, I talked to him about the Lord a handful of times, not crazy, not 15 times a, a shift. We worked together. He was a he was a biker, had this big old beard. I mean, he looked tough. And he liked that look, I could tell. And he wasn't, but he liked the look. Name was Kenny. Kenny was from Cincinnati, Ohio. And I talked to him, and one night, I don't know he was having a bad night. I don't know. 
gentleman. He's telling me, he said, Terry, I really like you. You're funny. You're definitely a hard worker. We get along great. But if all you want to talk to me about is Jesus, I'd rather not talk to you. That's a Kenny Edge fair. That's a can I tell you one last thing? There's one thing. And unless you tell me that you want to hear, I said, or if God, you know, shoves me to you, I will not say no. Hell, never spoke to King about the Lord. Never again. Kenny pops in my mind every now and again. I could have been afraid to lose our, it wasn't really a friendship. I was a friend to Kenny. He couldn't be a friend to me. He didn't know Jesus. I don't see how he could. And I could have, I, I, I could have said, well, he said, if I say anything else, he'll get mad. He may even get me fired. But he told me to love my neighbor as I love myself. I'm so thankful. And my mama, my dad, my uncle Freddie, my aunt Melissa, my mamma, my papa, one, two, three, the four pastors that I had by the time I got, I'm so thankful. And for every visiting preacher, for every Sunday school teacher, every Wednesday night teacher, I'm so thankful that every one of them got up multiple times and said, Terry, Jesus loves you. They knew I knew it. But it was something about being told. Yeah. Being told. I want to thank the man. I don't know who he is. I believe with everything in my heart I will meet this man one day as I stood outside of Hardy's and Oak Ridge. That's where I worked when I was 16. That's where I met my wife. And I stood outside of Hardy's with three or four guys that I worked with there, and we were. I don't know, we was just waiting for whatever, or shift to start, shooting a bull, I don't know. Probably doing something ungodly. This man walked up and he said, boys, can I, how's it going or something? He said, can I tell you something? He's a guy probably my age now. Yeah. 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 He said, did you know Jesus loves you? But I don't remember what none of them other guys said, but I thought I'm at work. I didn't say this, but Freddie, my, my mind, my mind said I'm at work and leave the century. You wanna know why? Because I'm scared of dying and going to hell. Now I'm trying to preach to you how to love your neighbor, but there's probably somebody here tonight that could get saved if they want to see. I'll tell you this, I love you, but that don't mean a hill of beans. Why do you say that, preacher? Because Jesus loves you. That's a mountain. The Bible says that love hideth. It also says love covereth a multitude, a mountain of sin. As we stand tonight, if you need to come pray, we you come. Thank you.
appreciate the message tonight. Appreciate Terry coming this way. Ran into him today at the funeral. Hadn't talked to him a long time. Asked him about coming. I'm glad he did. Yeah, right. Well, right. message. I thank God for him. I, I, I was thinking, as he was preaching, right before he said that, I remember that night he announced his call on previous. And I remember, remember I told him, I said, you go to your home church, tell him now. And I, I appreciate him so much. Someone else have something on your heart. Like I say, I appreciate it. I really do. They're just some, I, I don't know everything. He's like he explained it to the team.
Yeah, I remember Dusty telling me about that. He said, I looked around, there wasn't no crowbar or nothing. <laughs> Someone else. I'd like to say that I appreciate your message too, Terry. And they got up singing. God came by and he said, Why don't you just go around and hug everybody and tell them that you love them? And I let the devil talk me out of it because I thought the song's not long enough for me to do that. But I, I don't want to leave here without telling each and every one of you that I love you so much. You all don't know what you mean to me, and I love you. And I want to just not only love people in here, I want to love the world outside. But it has to start here, and then I can carry it outside too. I'm on it. says God is love. Yep. We just share God. We be sharing love. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we all make mistakes. Yeah. I'm the world's worst. I tell you, if we just turn it to God, He's a forgiving God. He forgives me. He forgive me, Terry. If he would. Terry was talking about how awful he was. I remember he got pretty rowdy there. But don't you know we all were just sinners? And still he died true. Good we say, go and get this song, Jordan. I've been doing this recently and I just feel like I'm still doing it. Before we leave on fellowship. Uh, I tell you, it's good to fellowship one with another. Well, I don't feel like it was done. But I'm glad I'm saying we've been at the graveyard and well, somebody else died and there's a grave. Heard might say there's a grave. Wasn't covered up or nothing, just a hole in the ground. And I said, be careful, don't fall in there. So it was starting to rain a little bit. And I walked over there and looked down in it. And she said, don't fall. I said, well, I believe I can get out. I said, until you start throwing dirt on me. Uh, but then I remembered, so there's a land far beyond the grave. Yep. And they start throwing that dirt on me, I'll be on the other side. Yes. I'd be glad of that. Let's go.
somebody with you. Pray, pray much. Pray the Lord. Amen. 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 Amen.